Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. There's a lot to worry about nowadays. Wars and rumors of wars. The economy's going down the toilet. Supply chain issues. But you know what? Jesus and maybe your mom said, do not worry. Nancy Beaupre has a t-shirt on today that says mama. Maybe this was advice that Nancy gave Garrett and Abby. Do not worry. Mama and Jesus say, do not worry. There's no need to worry. My mom used to say, I've always been a worrier. (laughs) And she used to say, Nathaniel, 90% of what you worry about doesn't happen. I used to say, what about the 10%? (laughs) Because we worry, right? But she was being honest because this is real life. Sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Some things bad happen to Christians. That's life. If anybody tells you different, they're trying to sell something. Don't buy it. Well, now you know what my mom used to say. What did Jesus say? Matthew. Chapter 6. I'm going to read to you. Verses 31 to 34. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. You may already know, this is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has been telling his listeners, don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you wear. Verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. As well. Or along with his kingdom and his righteousness, wonderful gifts in and of themselves. And all those other things. When we seek him first. Verse 33. But seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus, thank you for always speaking truth to us. Thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life. Open our hearts to your word this morning. Help us to seek you first. We pray for our loved ones who may not look to you as Savior and Lord. We pray that they would do that, that they would seek you first and find the life they're truly meant to live, all the blessings and all the companionship. Lord, thank you for the privilege to preach your word. May I have clarity of thought and speech, and may only the truths that are here be spoken and applied to each of our hearts and our lives, so that you, Jesus, can have all the glory. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. I already talked about why we have reason to be nervous, reason to worry. First, it was the toilet paper two years ago. (laughs) Now, you watch the news and you hear about empty shelves in the grocery stores. Lots of reasons to be nervous. Let me reiterate this point. God's people do not have to worry. You don't have to be nervous. But that's what we do sometimes. And that's as old as time. Go all the way back to the Old Testament. We know that the Israelites... After they left 400 years of slavery, they were delivered. God led them out. The Moses went up on the mountain. While he was gone, they, oh no, where's Moses? We ought to worship a golden calf. Sheep are stupid, huh? They worshiped a golden calf. Like it could do something for them. Because of their sin, here's a reminder, there's always consequences to our sin. That's why the Lord does not want us to sin. He wants us to repent, go the other way. They wandered. That generation wandered in the desert for 40 years. God was still with them. You know, their shoes and clothes never wore out. He provided manna from heaven. He never gave up on them. But even Moses disobeyed the Lord in the desert, and he wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. But we come to Joshua. Joshua and Caleb were the ones that said, we can go over and take the land. The people grumbled. You know, we're allowed to get frustrated, but we Better be careful with the grumbling, especially against God's people. Big trouble for that. The Israelites did that. 
big trouble. But Joshua and Caleb, they're the ones who knew they could trust in the Lord. They gave the good report. Those other guys gave the bad report. People fearful. Oh, we can't go. Fine. Wander in the desert for 40 years. But we're back to Joshua. Joshua is ready to lead the people into the promised land. I've set the scene for you. Joshua chapter 5. He's going to do some reconnaissance work. Take a look over in the land of Canaan. At the city Jericho that they're about to take. On his way there, he runs into unexpected company. Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Boy, that's brave of Joshua, wasn't it? The answer was neither. This man with a sword said, I'm neither for you or against you. You see, the Lord wants us to be on His side. He wants us to choose His side. Joshua asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does the Lord have for his servant? What did Joshua do? He fell face down. He bowed down. A posture of surrender, submission. The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals. That happened once before in the Bible. Remember Moses saw the burning bush and heard the voice of God from the bush say, Take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground. Joshua was in the presence of holiness. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Chapter 6. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. How about that? A lockdown thousands of years before COVID. If they had social media and 24-hour news networks, they could have destroyed themselves from within. No, the Canaanites... They could see across the river. 
from Jericho. Big city, big tower, big walls. But they could see over a million people waiting to cross that river and invade, come in. was the promised land, the land of God's people. He's about to give them the first city. Verse 1, chapter 6. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went in, pardon me, no one went out, and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Let's hit the pause button. I'd be nervous. Maybe I've seen enough movies where people storm a castle. Or even get close to the walls. The arrows come over the walls. Or the hot oil or the tar. Catapults. So you just want us to walk around the city? It's a mile or two. I'd be nervous. But then again, who did Joshua just submit and surrender to? Verse 3, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing their trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the people will go up, every person straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord. His presence is with them. Whose presence lives in us, fills us. We don't have to worry, do we? Verse 6, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the people, advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the people, Do not give the war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until I tell you, until the day that I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to camp and spent the night there. 
Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord, and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets followed, kept sounding. Pardon me. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. They are obeying the commands, aren't they? I have a feeling things are going to go okay for them. Many of you know how this ends. On the seventh day, verse 15, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. Man, this is a lot of instruction, isn't it? Lots of sevens, lots of walking. But they did things the way the Lord commanded. The seventh time around, verse 16. When the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. They sent spies in ahead of time. There was a prostitute named Rahab who took the spies in and kept them safe. She is the only one of the Canaanite people, her and her family, who survived. Second half of verse 17. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in the house shall be spared because she hid the spies who who was sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring your own destruction by taking any of them. So far, the other commands, no problem following. They got the commands from the commander of the Lord's army. March around one time, six days a week, seven times the seventh day. But then there's this command. Verse 21, where the Lord specifically says, Beware of idolatry and moral corruption. We don't have idolatry nowadays, do we? That was not a joke. People worship things other than God, don't they? Sometimes it's easy for us. To misplace priorities? Who did Jesus say to seek first? Whose kingdom? Right. His and His righteousness. You see, idolatry, when we worship anything other than God, and moral corruption, hatred, lying, Sexual immorality, all that stuff God tells us out of love, stay away from. That stuff leads us far from God 
and straight to our own destruction. He doesn't say that because he's the God of buzzkill. He says it because he's a God of love. He doesn't want anyone to perish. But if we worship anything else other than him, we're putting ourselves in a very precarious situation. So there you got the warning. If you don't destroy those things, they'll destroy us. Verse 21. Oh, no, you got to hear the best part. Sorry, got ahead of myself. Verse 19, 18. See, just making sure you're with me. Stay awake. (laughs) But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. And you probably already figured it out. The walls of Jericho fall. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. Verse 21. What did they do? They continued to obey the commands. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it. I know it sounds violent. Men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. The Lord didn't want them to have that temptation. They entered the promised land. Destroy anything that might lead you away from me. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, verse 22, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out, and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. And verse 24, Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. What did they do with sacrifices? Back then, the Old Testament, the first five books, tells us they would make burnt offerings to the Lord. This is the first city they got. What did they do with the first thing they received from the Lord? Burn it. It's an offering. They burn the whole city and everything in it, But they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. Because the Lord needs all that gold and silver and everything, huh? No. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness 
and all these things will be added unto you or given to you as well. It's a theme you see throughout the Bible with priorities, putting him first. The Lord doesn't need all that stuff. The Lord doesn't need your money. The church doesn't need your money. The Lord wants all of us. He wants all of you. And when we bring back from the first of all that he's given us, it's a way to show that he's top priority in our lives. That's why we bring him the first of our increase. It's a way to signify that it all belongs to the Lord. All we are and all that he's given us. All that he's given us stewardship over of. Pastor Nathaniel, you must be a greedy preacher and this must be a greedy church. Bullcrackers. God wants what's best for you. God's word shows us how to do things best. Do things best by putting things first. That's what the tithe and offering is. We give off the top. And let me tell you, God can do more with your 90% than you can do with your 100. Just how he works. Man, Proverbs chapter 3 is a good one. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Do you see the theme of first throughout the Bible? From Old Testament to New. He wants us to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. And what's the promise? All these things will be added to you as well. Well, I didn't have this in my notes, but I think there's more promise you need to hear. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty if you don't tithe. That's between you and God. But if you speak to anyone who tithes or gives offerings, they'll tell you God's ways work. His word is true. Let me read to you and listen for the promise. When I used to be a pastor up in Grace, we had one of those old projectors, right? Remember those old overhead projectors? Before we had the big screens that could put the words up there, we would swap out the words on the projector. And somebody drop them and they'd be all embarrassed and people stop saying. Well, every time we would pass the plate at the church I worked in Rochester, this is the scripture that Reverend John Alder had up on the screen. And the church says this. 
I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. This is homework. you got to read Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. I'll read you the good part. You read the rest. It's all good. You know that, right? Verse 10 of Malachi chapter 3. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. The only place in Scripture where God says, test me. You're allowed to test God in this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I'm not saying you need to give so you can get. That's not how it works. That's not how he works. We seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness. We live by the biblical principle of first. It's all his. On loan to us. To be good stewards. One way we express our devotion to him. Is by bringing it back. Do not worry. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Seek His kingdom first. His righteousness If you're worried, bring it to him. And all this will be given to you as well. When it's given. Follow his word. Bring it back. Show your full devotion to him and see what he does for you. A couple questions. Just to wrap up. How about you bow your heads and I'll bow mine. We'll just have a moment for the Lord to speak to us before I pray. What am I seeking? What are you Seeking after. Who or what is first in my life? Who or what is first in your life? Is it clear who's in command over our lives? Is it clear who we fall down and surrender to?
Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you for how your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and sometimes when that does its work, it might hurt a little. But may we not settle for comfort, but allow your conviction to do the weeding and do the work you want to do as we have contrite hearts. Hearts that say, yes, Lord, I want it your way. I've done it my way long enough, and I'm sorry. I want to just fully devote my life to you. And we know, Lord, that even when we do that, life isn't perfect. There's ups and downs. There's seasons of distress, times in the desert, times when it seems like the locusts have destroyed everything. But may we hold on to you, stay fully devoted to you, surrender to you and your promises, because you have never failed and you never will. Help us trust in you with all of our... Let me back that up, Lord. Help us love you. Help us love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I pray these things in your glorious name, Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand? After the doxology, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. you for taking the time to listen if this podcast is helpful to you please rate us on itunes or like our page springwater church the nazarene on facebook have a great day and lord bless